Lord, you know that I've been saying too that every day is an adventure. And today is another adventure for not just myself, but for these other gentlemen and for everyone here in this room. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you for how you teach us as we go. Lord, we sometimes learn hard lessons as we go too. And we've learned a great deal from you, Lord, because sometimes you allow us to do things just to recognize how important it is for us to come right back to you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in the lives of these men. Thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy. For without those things, Lord, we wouldn't be here to stand before you. And we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you continue to do. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. Great, 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 great. Thank you so much. You bet. And we'll do it again next week if you want. (laughs) Amen. Again, just a special note, again, for just as a reminder, thanks to everybody for the condolences. Not used to receiving condolences, used to giving them out. But um, my mother is at rest. My mother knows the Lord. I want to be clear about that, too. And I think I did that in a message a couple messages ago, that uh, she is with Jesus right now. And I want to thank Pastor Gus and members of the church that came out as well, as well for support. Excuse me. We had my family come and church family. We had, um, I had four or five people from work come um, to my job, which I, kind of surprised me. And our skate family came out too. Some members of our skating family came out as well too. So um, that almost knocked me over for, with a feather too um, because of that. But um, God has had to show me some things that, I had to realize I had a, I have, I don't have a lot of friends, but boy, I've got a lot of friends in Christ. And I, and I was just very, very appreciative to see the response that came too. And thank you as well too for coming. I appreciate that very much. Um, it's been a real blessing. It's a reminder too that when we do, we rely, we lean on the Lord a lot. And we have to because there are moments when things aren't so great when you're going through a grieving process. But, and sometimes we're grieving for different reasons. But at the end of the day, God has been faithful. He's always been faithful. He's never changed. And he always promises he'll never leave us nor forsake us. May we live in that manner and recognize that. So again, thank you. I really appreciate it very much. What time is it here? I'm saying, what time is it? Oh my, okay. Well, we're going to get started. Let's look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, we thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for the instruction that you give. We thank you for as we receive the words that come not from me, Lord, but from you. We want to experience your peace and we want to experience your rest right now. We live in a world that is unforgiving when it comes to giving people space, giving people rest, giving people time where they need to recognize who you are. And Lord, we may just have to be the ones to be the representatives in the world to show that there is a better way of life than just the way most people are living. And the better way is to do it with you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing and all that you continue to do in our lives. Bless us and keep us, and we give you praise and thanks. 
in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I woke up the other day and I realized that last Tuesday was Fat Tuesday. It didn't occur to me right away. Even though we were at work and we were being served panchki. Now, panchki, you know what that, if I spell it, it's a Polish spelling, P-A-C-Z-K-I, but it's pronounced panchki. And those panchkis actually came from my number one bakery, Stan's Bakery in Northfield. If you've never had panchkis, they are wonderful. Um, they had, you know, if you were to go to Stan's, they had 21 different flavors available. But we had at work an assortment of lemon, chocolate cream, cream cheese, strawberry, apple, and chocolate custard. That's pretty good. Now, for me, when it comes to eating ponskis, I had to uh, allow for the one-per-customer rule. One. Because if you eat one, that's a lot of calories, everybody. But um, I chose apple, and it was delicious. Now, before you get your hopes up, this is not a message about ponskis. Just going to let you know that right now. So if you have any hopes of seeing anything on the other side about ponskis, sorry, I can't help you with that. <laughs> and I'm not going to, but, but I wanted to, you know, it was really interesting to understand with all of that, I still didn't get the fact that the next day was Lent. Time is moving so quickly, and sometimes your calendar just gets ahead of you when you're not even ready for it. I used to be pretty good with keeping up with dates, but lately not so much. And that usually means we're busy, we're, we're into other stuff, stuff, stuff's going on, right? When you have to write several notes within your electronic calendar to remember things, it essentially means that you're a lot busier than the average person. If you saw my work calendar right now, I have to make notes all the time to remind myself of meetings and everything else that's going on. It's pretty crazy. And I, you know, I don't understand it, but that's just the way it is. But within the schedule that you're trying to maintain, there is another overlay of activity pertaining to the course of human events. Those events often supersede what's on your calendar. What events am I talking about? These are your life events. Life events will sometimes supersede what goes on on your calendar. And these life events are creating what I refer to as seasons. Seasons. Seasons of life. In the same way that we experience seasons, and let's look at the seasons that Northeast Ohio has, right? A long, cold winter, a brief spring, a short summer, and a cooler fall. You know, as you get older, you get more sensitive to colder temperatures. I'm just going to tell you right now, guys. Anybody who's younger, wait and see what happens when you get older, okay? But you're going to experience these seasons that take precedence and remain at the forefront of your life. Your movement during this time will have a lot to do with the season that you're going through personally. And we've all been through this stuff. Seasons of life can last for a few weeks or for a few years. Maybe even two or three decades. Many of us have had to make decisions that impact the length of your career or where you spend most of your time caring for loved ones. My cousin, Deborah, who lived in Seven Hills, 
was caring for her mother, who had Alzheimer's disease, in her own home. Deborah and her husband were both retired and took turns keeping an eye on her for several years. That's a lot of work, by the way. You don't get a lot of time to yourself. Now, Deborah passed away last fall from lung cancer. We have to take into account that these seasons will always have a beginning and an end date. And for many of us, those dates are beyond our control. When a loved one passes on and it involves being in some degree a caregiver, it is a time of separation and mourning. And that even applies to the nurses who are also involved in the care process. It really didn't occur to me that nurses, the people who spend a lot of time with your loved ones in these facilities, they get attached to them. They're like members of their extended family. And they go through a separation and a mourning process too. It's a tough job for one thing. The season changes, but the memories remain intact. You begin to see things after the fact that make you realize something. You were moving pretty quickly in life. And you were moving so quickly you didn't recognize these symptoms of life before. That includes being exhausted. Exhaustion. Both physically and mentally. Often, there's a diminishing level in the quality of life. The sense of loss lingers even beyond the duration of the season. You never really get over the loss of a loved one. You get through it. But how? You have to settle back to a place of comfort in your life. You've got to settle back. It's to go to a quiet place and sit still. Sit still both physically and mentally. And I'm going to emphasize why that's important later on. And you need to recognize the peace of God in your life. Amen? The peace of God has to be at the forefront of this. And not only recognize this stillness and the peace of God, but embrace it. Grab hold of it. You have to have that way of thinking in this process. We've got to remind ourselves to sit still because just in the same way that I have trouble and maybe you have trouble with your calendar stuff from time to time, we don't do a very good job of sitting still. We really don't. If we really think about it, we really don't do a good job of sitting still. Even in our daily Bible readings, we have to mentally sit still to get the most out of our time. Now, I have, I'll just make this confession, and maybe you've heard this before, I have like mild ADHD. It's not, it's mild, right? It's not hyper. But what happens with people who have ADHD? Guess what? Your brains are all over the place. You're focusing on all different kinds of things. I have to sit quietly and make myself sit and read. Y'all knew that about me, didn't you? Maybe you didn't. Okay. Well, I'm not trying to scare you or nothing. 
Settle down. Okay, anyway. So I have to mentally sit still to get the most out of our time. For people with busy schedules, and I have a busy schedule, that's hard to do. It's hard to do. I still have a full-time job. I've got to show up for work every once in a while, you know. But you need to do this stuff anyway. You've got to sit still before Jesus. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Psalm 46. Let's look at verse 10. Psalm 46, verse 10. We need to sit still. Now, the passage is going to say, be still. I'm going to say, be still is different from sit still. But be still is necessary to sit still. Psalm 46, verse 10. Psalm 46, verse 10. This will be from the NIV version. He says, and who is he? The Lord. He says, be still and know that I am God. Isn't that something? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So in other words, how do we really get to know God? You've got to be still. And I'm adding the word sit still because you need to spend some time. Not just for a, a few seconds. Okay, I'm still for about six seconds. Well, that's not enough. You need more time than six seconds. It is his desire, the Lord's desire, to minister to you as you move through life in your in the fast moments of life and in the slower ones. Because we're not always going at a breakneck speed. And I hope you're not always going at a breakneck speed. If you're going at a breakneck speed all the time, you're going to crash. It's not going to really work too well for you. We want to hear the Lord more and more. We want to recognize his caring presence more when we are sitting still before him. Our seasons of life need to include Jesus within the experience. Amen? Jesus needs to be in the midst of everything that we're doing. He speaks to us as often as we are listening to him. He's speaking always. It's up to us to do what? Listen. He encourages us. He prompts us. And loves us within our acts of worship and service. He acknowledges and responds to our calls for help. I've been saying the words, help me, Lord, a lot lately. Help me, Lord. I'm not always yelling, just, you know, kind of quietly when I'm sitting somewhere. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. You know, he's never going to refuse you saying the words, help me, Lord. That means you sincerely want him to jump in on whatever's going on in your life. Help me, Lord. Hey, everybody say that together. Let's say that together. One, two, three. Help me, Lord. That was unplanned, but that was kind of cool the way that came out. But we all know how to say that, don't we? Because sometimes our words do what? Fail us. We don't know what else to say, but help me, Lord. And that's okay. He knows what I can do and what I can't do unless he is involved in it. Turn to Psalm 50. Let's look at a couple more psalms here. We're going to be doing a few uh, ventures with psalms today. Just because these songs that we read about and sing about really get down to the nitty gritty when it comes to emotional connection with the Lord. 
Psalm 50. Let's look at verse 15. That's Psalm 50. Psalm 50, verse 15. This is the English Standard, English Standard Version. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Amen. Flip over to Psalm 54, verse 4. Psalm 54, verse 4. And we need to see these passages because it really reminds us, frankly, how dependent we are on God. Right? We're dependent upon Him. Verse 4, Psalm 54. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. Amen. He is the upholder of our lives. Sit still before Jesus in prayer. It is a great way to share with him what's on your heart and mind. How else are you going to share this verbally or mentally? Now, yes, we know that the Lord knows your heart already, but you need to express it yourself. You know why? Because you need to connect with what's going on in your own life. You need to speak up and say what's going on. And you need to share with him. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter 5, and we're going to look at verses 6 and 7. Here's a passage that all of us should be intimately familiar with. And remember when I used the words about humbling yourself and humility? It's a daily practice for us to be humble. You know, we have a world today that's full of narcissists and egotists who think they're smarter than everybody else. You can see it everywhere you go. I try not to pick on, well, I, first of all, I am glad that I don't have to drive on I-480 anymore uh, for any length of uh, distance because the road is full of narcissists on I-480 during rush hour. Now, why do I say that? Anybody who's going above 80 to 90 miles an hour, and in some cases 100 miles an hour, that person is all about themselves. Amen? Okay. That's what it's all about. And, you know, I'm usually a pretty tough guy on the road. I'm, I'm, I'm like my dad. My dad is still driving. He's 88 years old. I, I must have good genes because I love driving, and I don't mind driving. He must love driving, too. But after a while, when you're driving up and down I-95 down in Miami, down that way, you boy, you better hang on to that steering wheel and pray as you go. But the reality is that we need to humble ourselves. Look what it says in verse 6. 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Lift you up in due time. And you have to understand something. This is a continual humbling yourself, a continual prayer. Cast all your anxiety on him because what he cares for you. And amen and amen. It's kind of tough to serve a God who doesn't care about you. Right? I mean, it kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? But he cares for you. 
He wants you to come to him and come with humility. When you're going through difficulty, it can feel as though you are the only one in the world who is going through it. Have you ever felt, felt that way? You feel like you're the only person that's going through whatever it is you're going through. Well, I'm here to tell you that this is a lie from your enemy, Satan. It's a lie. You're not the only one going through something. But this is where we can hang on to the value of what Peter said about the communication to us about where things really are. So now stay in 1 Peter. Go to verse 8. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Who's your enemy? The devil. Someone who wants to devour you, consume you, eat you, whatever that word means. Chew you up, spit you out. That's what the devil wants to do. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world, now look at this, the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Because that's what the devil does. He wreaks havoc. He's not going to just pick on you. He's going to pick on everybody who believes in Jesus. Amen? It may be a different kind of suffering, but it's still suffering. doesn't make any difference. And at the end of the day, we can't listen to the devil's lies. That's where we're at. Suicides were up during COVID. Can't listen to the devil's lies. Things may look bleak. Things may look difficult. But we can't pull the trigger and do something, frankly, that's not in God's will. He doesn't want you to take yourself out. He wants you just to stop, sit still, and maybe just say nothing and let him minister to you. God reminds us through his word to turn back to him when we are not following him. Amen? He reminds us to turn to him when we are being distracted by the enemy. We get distracted a lot, don't we? Amen? And, you know, these guys down here are saying amen all the time. Y'all know too. You can say amen too. Because everybody in this room has been distracted by the enemy. Amen? That's right. <laughs> when we're in trouble on the verge of committing sin, careful, God is right there to help you resist and turn from it. Now, he's there to help you to resist and turn from it. Now, you can go like this, away from him, and make a decision on your own about that. I wouldn't recommend that. Resist the devil. And what will he do? Flee from you. 
Go to Psalm 46. Let's go back to Psalm 46. Look at verse 1. I love how it is spoken of in the New American Standard Bible. It's basically, um, there is stuff before it in other versions, but the New American Standard Bible version of Psalm 46, 1 gets right to the point of what is needs to be said here. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. A present help. A present help. There's a past, present, future. He's right here right now. He's your help right now. He's your refuge and strength right now. You have to accept that and glean onto that and make sure that you're living in that manner. He's your refuge and strength, a very present help when you're in trouble. And there have been times when we've been in trouble. Trouble has different definitions for different things. We've been in trouble. And when we don't know the outcome of something, what are we doing? We are praying for the best possible outcome we can get. As we sit still before him, we can rest in his presence. I want you to consider something. How easy is it for you to rest before him? How easy is it? If you have trouble slowing down in life, there may be more going on that needs immediate attention. Amen? If you have trouble slowing down, I can't slow down. I can't slow down. I got to keep moving. Well, what's up with that? Do you really need to be moving at a breakneck pace with everything? Because you got to understand something. If you're always moving, where does faith come in? Where does the Lord come into that picture? He's not in that. No excuses. You may have to practice your times of rest. You may have to practice. <laughs> Remember Allen Iverson used to say over and over again, we're not talking about a game, we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game, practice. Well, you may need to practice how to rest. Amen? We're not talking about a game, we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice but you may have to practice how you rest. I'm just going to warn you right now, sometimes I go off script. Because that's not in this script. But the Spirit reminds you of stuff. Now you ain't going to forget it now. All Mel talked about during this sermon was talking about practice like Allen Iverson. Well, that's not all I talked about. But you may have to practice your times of rest. And what does that mean? Remember, first and foremost, your relationship with the Lord is only going to progress as you do what? Allow the Spirit to speak to you, to sanctify you, and experience His peace. You may have to practice allowing peace in your life. And that's just a reflection of the world that we're in. 
Because when we, as soon as we leave out here from here, we're not going to be in peace. It's not the world's peace that we want. We want God's peace. Go to Colossians 3. Let's look at verse 15. Colossians 3, verse 15. You know, these verses are great reminders. You know, we've seen these verses before. I mean, this is not a strange verse. But sometimes we have to remind ourselves, especially when life gets really out of pocket, to slow down and just sit still and look at the verse, verse 15, Colossians 3, NIV version, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to what? Peace. We're called to peace. We are supposed to be in peace. We experience God's peace. We share God's peace. That's what we're called to do. And be thankful. And be thankful. And be thankful. We're more thankful when we're sitting still and we're recognizing God's peace. Go back to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Getting your thumbs a workout today. Psalm 119, verse 18. Psalm 119, verse 18. Verse 18, Psalm 119, open my eyes, open my eyes. Now, we have to see as we walk around, don't we? But open my eyes now is being open and ready to receive what God is doing. That I may see your wonderful things in your law. When you're focusing on God's word, when you're looking at what the word says, you're doing the metaphorical opening your eyes and being attuned to the spirit speaking to you about what you're reading in Scripture. Because that's how you learn. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. The indwelling spirit is essential in your efforts to sit still in Jesus. In John chapter 16, verses 13 through 15, you don't need to turn to it, I'm going to read it just for the sake of time. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you What is yet to come? He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Who is this speaking? Jesus is. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit, is your key to greater understanding of who Jesus is and what his word is and experiencing his peace. I'm going to say this to be mildly annoying, but speaking truth to those who are living in perpetual motion and failing to spend valuable time with God. Because that's something we probably could all criticize ourselves of, right? Our culture often rewards people who are busy and is seen as a badge of honor. And it's a way of even boosting self-esteem and self-work because you're always busy. People recognize it. They pay attention to that. 
But the habit of keeping a chronically busy schedule has a negative effect on one's physical and emotional wellness. It also impacts your ability to maintain healthy relationships with anyone, let alone Jesus. You could be a bad friend to everybody when you're really too busy. So don't be the one where God has to knock you off your feet and flat on your back to get your attention. Because he'll do that. If you're hard-headed enough, he will knock you off your feet and put you on your back. Where you can't go nowhere but listen to him. Amen? Amen? Sitting still is not a recommendation. It is necessary. It is a necessity in developing a healthy relationship with Jesus. He wants you to sit still and rest in his presence. It is how he reveals himself to you and makes you sensitive to who he is. God uses the time we spend in him to communicate with us and to reassure us of his presence. He gives us what we need when we need it most. When we need it most. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. What's our end of the deal? Love the Lord. Keep his commandments. That's our end of the deal. But what is he? Faithful to a thousand generations. Those who love him and keep his commands. Go to Psalm 119. Back to Psalm 119. I'm going to read through to 102, verse 102 to 105. Psalm 119, verses 102 to 105. Time flies when you're having fun. Amen? Nobody in here bored or anything like that, right? We're all with us. Amen? Amen. That's right. The last thing I want to be is boring. Amen. The Lord is good. Psalm 119, verses 102 to 105. Verse 102. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Look at verse 105. Very familiar. Your word is a lamp. For my feet, a light on my path. Amen. This word should be sweet. A sweet taste in your mouth. This word should be illuminating to show you the direction to go in your life. That's what it does for you. What are the benefits of sitting still before Jesus? Number one, he is our help with encouragement. We need encouragement, amen? 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 Do we need encouragement? Yes, we do. We need encouragement. This world out here is not going to encourage you. It's going to discourage you. It's waiting to discourage you. That's why you have to filter. Turn the TV off. Or do what I did last night. Watch Buzzer. Buzzer TV. I got to see Wilma Rudolph. Okay? 
I got to, who else was on? Doggone it. The Harlem Globetrotters were on last night. Get to see old history being played right before your eyes. Just great stuff. Filter, everybody. But we need encouragement. We need God's promises to bolster us and give us encouragement through these moments and even through those times when things are not going very well. If we're being oppressed, if we're being falsely accused or even persecuted, we are not going to go through these experiences all alone. God is aware of everything we go through. He sees it all and he wants to encourage you to help you to endure it. Because we have to endure a lot of stuff. Amen? We've got to put up with a lot of stuff that we really don't want to put up with, but God enables us to put up with those things. Psalm 55, verse 22. Go ahead and turn to that. Psalm 55, 22. Psalm 55, 22. i got to hurry up and speed this up, I see, because they're getting ready to get up here. I think they're a little early. Yeah, they are a little early. Okay. I thought I was on time. Psalm 55:22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. He will never let the righteous be shaken. You might go through stuff, but you can endure it. You can deal with it. You can put up with it because the Lord is enabling you to do it. He'll never let the righteous be shaken. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Emphasizing something more than once in a passage means something. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Before you go and do something, wait. Wait on the Lord. Don't let your emotions get the better of you. Stop. Wait on the Lord. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. The second thing he does for us is he helps us with our healing and recovery. Our healing and our recovery. Go to Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Healing and recovery. I emphasized earlier the importance of caregivers and when you lose loved ones. We all need healing and recovery. When sometimes we have to realize that. When you're too busy and moving around so often, you don't recognize God's healing and recovery, that's a big problem. That will catch up with you later. But we need to slow down long enough and sit still and allow the Lord to heal us. Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What is he going to give you? Rest. 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 Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. Rest. Jesus Christ encourages our stillness because in his wisdom, he is the true source of our rest. Jesus is rest. We rest in him. We rest in him. We need rest from our hectic life. We need rest from our troubles. We need rest from our difficulties. He encourages us to seek him for that rest. 
and we need to rest and communicate with him in prayer in doing so. Philippians 4. Go to Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Verses that you have been very familiar with, but there are great reminders about how I love when my brother's going to get some biblically-based teaching because that's where it's at. That's where it needs to be. Looking at these Bible verses reminds you of how good God truly is when you're going through something. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The third thing to recognize here is that he is our help when we hear from him. He wants to help you. He's a helper. Sometimes we need to get before him while we're on our knees. Amen? We already know. He already knows where you're at. He already knows where your heart is. He already knows where you're coming from. And sometimes we have to be on our knees before him. Amen? Amen. For those of you who can't get down on your knees, you know what I mean. You can still be emotionally on your knees before the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord. 1 John 1, 9 says that we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There should be a sense of quietness as you sit still before Jesus. A sense of quietness. Now, can I make a recommendation about this quiet time? Maybe no TV. Maybe no radio. Or if there's any music at all, turn it way down, make it light. I don't care what you make it. Make it instrumental something. But quietness has to be the order of the day when you're getting before the Lord. Use that time while you're waiting for Jesus to speak to you to express to him how much you appreciate him. Let me tell you something. He's worthy of our praise. Amen? He is worthy of your praise. Your quiet time with Jesus should not be all about what he has to say to you. What do you have to say to him? What do you have to say to him? It shouldn't be like, Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. Lord, do this for me. Lord, do this. Lord, 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 Lord. That's not quiet time. That's a lot of chirping, really. Sit still and listen to him. Go to Psalm 150, the last psalm. But when we go to the Lord, we need to have this heart and mind. We are expectant of receiving something from him, but we need to be ready to praise him and speak to him about his goodness. Psalm 150, verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. What's the key words in those passages? Praise the Lord. Praise God. That's our mindset. That should be our mindset. Even when things aren't going well, we give him praise anyway. Because he knows what you're going through. You're not telling him anything he doesn't know already. He already knows what you're going through, but he's worthy of our praise because we know he is the remedy. He is the source of our peace. That alone is worthy of praise. 
1 Corinthians, go to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. And later you can do your thumb calisthenics. So, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. This passage is embedded within the passage about uh, speaking in tongues and stuff like that, but that's not what I'm talking about here. This is about a mindset that you're supposed to have when you're in a place of worship or church or whatever it is. It says, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. You're putting everything into it. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. We don't just go through the motions, everybody. This has to be a heartfelt mindfulness of who Jesus is as you look to him. And I have to say that only because sometimes we do stuff out of habit, but we may not have our heart into it, and we may not have our mind on it. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. He wants to hear from you with a spirit of humility in prayer, a spirit of humility in your petitions. Sit still before Jesus with the expectation that you are receiving his peace that goes well beyond what? Any human reasoning or understanding. He'll surprise you. He'll surprise you. He'll go beyond even what you're thinking. The fourth thing that we need to recognize here is He is our strength. Amen? God is our strength. In our weakness, He is strong. Jesus gives us the strength to carry on. Philippians 4.13 says what? I can do all things through him, through Christ, who strengthens me. We can't do nothing without Jesus. Amen? That's a constant. Go to Isaiah 41, verse 10. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Isaiah 41, verse 10. I love how it starts because it, it tells us sometimes a reality about who we are. Sometimes we're fearful. Sometimes we are fearful about what's going on in the world. But he's saying in verse 10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's with you. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, He is with you. He is your encourager. He is your healer. He is your helper in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is your strength. 
Your stillness will provide rest for your soul as you navigate your seasons in life. Psalm 23. Turn to Psalm 23. It epitomizes our message for today. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. This is a New Living Translation. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Verse 5. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Take the time to sit still and rest in Jesus. Father, we are so thankful that you indeed remind us in your word the importance of not just being still, but sitting, sitting still before you. We thank you, Lord, how you remind us that we need sometimes to be in a state of recovery over the things we've been through. And in order to experience you in the best possible way, we need to just be still and know that you are God. We thank you for the lessons that you've been teaching us. And we thank you for the encouragement that you give to us. Thank you for being that ever-present helper in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, as we go forward and we rely upon the strength that you give to us, bless us, Lord. Even when we're going through difficulty, bless us, Lord. We thank you for reminding us how you are worthy of our praise. And we ask that you continue to Bolster us up and keep us. Remind us to be humble before you, Lord. For indeed, when we are humble, you will be exalted as well. And we thank you. We give you praise for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.